0: Before we say something bad about it, we're talking about youth learning discipline, camaraderie, you know, patriotism, nationalism. That's why I said, so what do you do when there's war? You just go to TikTok and post a video of you dancing, or you call Japan and tell them to come and help us. It's not that easy, you know. Countries, they have to think about their their national security, of course, their resources. If they do this, what will be the implication to their country? And before war, you know, going to war, I mean, the discipline and, the, you know, the five points of military discipline that I've carried all my life, and I still remember it. Thinking of having your own
1: podcast? Check out anchor.fm. It's the easiest way to make one, and it's what I use for my podcast. What is life like for a military family? Hello Troopers! Welcome to the Afterthought on the Military Family Podcast, where you will hear stories straight from a military wife. And I am your host, Mommy Rich. Excited to explore adventures as a military family? Let's get started! Early this year, during the height of the election period, a proposal to mandate Reserved Officers' Training Corps, or better known as ROTC, was all over the news. And of course, it garnered two sides and different opinions. However, one beautiful individual decided to express her opinion on social media, and guess what? She went trending. My guest for today's episode was a dance teacher and performer for 15 years. She is addicted to studying, and of course, she had traveled, studied, and lived in many countries for the last 14 years. Oh my goodness! She is a full time housewife and a mother to her beautiful daughter, Ava. Joining me today is. Gracie Aleki! Hello!
0: Hello, Red!
1: <laughs> Hello, Gracie! Hello. How are you today? I'm good. That is good to hear. So you know, are you? I'm good. I'm very excited. Before we started the introduction, we already had a few crazy stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I wanted us to, you know, to share just a few more to our listeners but yeah, to our troopers and our mga katropa out there, Gracie here, just to give you a little more of an introduction. She is not a military personnel. She is not in the service, but we will know more Bakit siya nagtrending trending about this ROTC. What is the significance of this topic to her and how we can actually relate it to The podcast show itself, of course, our podcast is all about afterthoughts on the military life, on the military family. So I really felt when I saw her video on TikTok, that's how I discovered (laughs) her. This is actually a very good topic to discuss nowadays. And it may not be directly related to the military life, but it will still be beneficial to the majority. So that's what we want to hear from her. And now, Gracie, <laughs> now, you know what? Every time I'm gonna tell it, <laughs> say your name, na talaga <laughs> ako Because okay, you have to explain Gracie. Why Gracie?
0: So when I was young, I went to China to study for the summer. And I brought with me, you know, products that I normally use, like tweezers and deodorant and, you know, like things that we normally use in the Philippines. Actually, my name before was Maki because of my last name. So people would normally call me Maki. Okay. And But since my name is really Grace, okay. they called me Grace in China. And then... There were girls, they became very close to me. And I started to share with them that they should, you know, remove armpit hair. So one time I told my roommate, why don't I pluck hair in your underarm? And she said, you're very crazy. After that, you know, she told the others about what I did. And I plucked their eyebrows and I showed them how to pluck their armpit hair. And they started to call me crazy, Grace the crazy girl. And that's how I became Gracie to combine the two words, Grace and Crazy.
1: Yes, because of course, you know, Grace, the crazy girl is a bit long, gracie, so might yes. as well combine them and just make it Gracie. That's how I became gracie. <laughs> that is so
0: cool. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. I mean, that's why the- I don't like it when people spell it as G-R-A-C-I-E, because there should be the Y somewhere there. <laughs> so I- Because of the word crazy? Yes, because, you know, there's a history to the name.
1: (laughs) Yes, and you really carried it so well. You carried the craziness up until now, Mm -hmm. as what you've said. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk more more about your childhood.
0: So can you describe to us, how were you as a child? How was your childhood like? So Reg, you know, I was born in 1987 and my father and mother... It took them seven years to get pregnant with me because my father really wanted to have a son. And so I have seven older sisters and they're much older than me. So when I came out, they're surprised I'm still a girl. But because my sisters, they were older than me, I had to learn to play with my toys by myself. Because you wouldn't expect, like, my sisters, they were 10, 11, they were teenagers, to, to play with, you know, a three-year-old. With a child, exactly. Yes, exactly. So, for some reason, I preferred to play with guns than Barbie dolls. So, my father, he grew up in the province. They went hunting a lot when he was young. We had some shotguns at home that you would put pellet bullets inside yeah, pellet
1: bullets, right? Oh my goodness, that yeah. hurts!
0: And we would <laughs> shoot each other, me and my sisters. <laughs> so my father would make a target, and we—I would shoot it, and I was very good at it. So I love the outdoors. You were really yes. You know how to yes. aim. And until until teenage years, and when I was a young adult, I would go to shooting range. It was my way of releasing, you know, like anger. Yeah, or your tension. And yeah, exactly. So, we had a target and I would shoot it every morning. I was about two and a half, three years old during that time. And, oh. yes, and I was also addicted to archery and to outdoor activities. I would bike with my father from Paranaque to Monumento. No I mean, way! I was, That's yeah. far! Three or four years old. Yeah, I had a bike, really. You had your
1: own bike. Wait, just to clarify, this bike is the one with the guide wheels or no you more, know how no to more. bike? I, I
0: learned how to bike. I think I was two, two, two and a half. I had my own bike. We would bike to Baguio. Oh my goodness. So I really love outdoor activities. You know, I was a swimmer. I did triathlon. I did fencing. So I really love sport when I was young. So people started... To actually think that I was a lesbian because of my boyish activities. But I'm just a girl who is trapped in... I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm really a girl, 100%.
1: Yes, you're just a girl who happens to be crazy. Exactly. <laughs> when you're being asked about what did you want to do or what, what you want to be with when you grew up, what do you tell to people?
0: I wanted to become a sniper. Yes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Actually. And you knew at an early age what a sniper is. I would shoot bad people. Okay. Somewhere from the tower or something like that. Were you also fond of watching like action movies or war movies? Well, I my father loved collecting Betamax. I'm sure you know about that. Yes. And then it became VCD <laughs> and there was VHS. VHS. Yeah. So yeah. I, we watched a lot of movies when I was young. And I remember I was so bored watching cartoons. I preferred war movies. And I preferred movies about the dinosaurs, of course, The Land Before Time. That was my favorite when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Yes.
1: yes. all time. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. It's a classic movie. Though, of course, now there's Jurassic Park, but still, it's unreplaceable. I totally agree with you. Okay, so where did the sniper idea, where did you get that? And I saw in one of your posts in your Facebook page that you've dreamt of being part of the military as well. Am I right?
0: Yes. So my grandmother, she was born in 1930, and she was forced to get married when she was 12 years old, just before the Japanese occupation. So I grew up, my grandmother would say, nung panahon ng Hapon," It was always nung panahon ng Hapon." And actually they used, the Japanese are coming to scare me as a child. You know, like my father would say, don't go out. If I try to go out, he would say the Japanese will get you. And so I wanted to join the military because I heard stories of, you know, horror stories during the war. And I told myself, I'm going to defend people. I'm going to learn to use the, the, my gun and to become a sniper. But sadly, it did not happen. I did not go to PMA because my mother did not allow me when I was in fourth year. Because something really bad happened that year. I really wanted to go to PMA. But my mother really said, no, you have to stay with us. You have to stay in Manila and you have to study in Manila.
1: I see. Your father at that time, though, was he supportive of your, you know, your ambition to join PMA?
0: Yes, because my father, he was a reserve military. So my father wanted me to go to military, yes. You know, he was very happy that I wanted to go.
1: But because of the circumstances that had happened, as what you've mentioned, of course, I'm sure your dad understood your mother's decision and Probably just, you know, okay, yeah, let's not go for it. If it's if it concerns your safety and security, then, of course, that's their top priority.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: So that would lead me, supposedly, to the follow-up question. If anybody from your family was or is in the military at that time, that's the reason why you had this inkling idea about it. So other than your dad... Were there anybody else in the family that, you know, had military influence?
0: My older sister, she got married to a Navy. Okay. So she, they live in Hawaii.
1: Is it Philippine Navy?
0: No, U.S. Navy. U.S. Navy. She's okay. Oh, wow. U.S. Navy, yes. Okay. And then, yes, my my niece recently got married. She got married three days ago. He's also a Navy.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. But before your older sister got married to a service personnel, were there any other? No. Like, there was none. So, if no. it so happened that you pushed through with your plans, you could have been the
0: first one. The first one, yes. Wow. That's why every time I look at my daughter, I would tell my husband, I hope she joins the military someday. <laughs> That's one of my questions in the latter part, if you see, That's one of my questions, but yeah, we'll go to that. I to join the Air Force because I wanted to become a pilot. I almost enrolled in flying school, but I chose to study in the UK. But I told my husband, maybe Alba could become a pilot because I'm not very tall. I'm 165 centimeters and I had LASIK for my eyes oh. so that I could enter flying school. But for some reason, it's still it's still not 2020. So I told my husband, I think Ava would be tall when she's old. And her eyesight, are, they're good. Yeah. Huh? So probably she would become the military.
1: Oh, it's interesting to hear it from, you know, from parents or from a mother like you. I'm trying to recall, I have not talked to a mother who is very vocal or expressive that they are so willing to make their children serve the military, especially in the Philippines. I mean, I know in other, especially in the Western countries, they're very open to that because they really make, you know, they feel proud about these decisions. But in our Philippine setting, it's kind of pull and push when it comes to having their children join the military. But for you... You are really hoping and wishing that Ava would, you know, would like it herself
0: yeah, to go yeah. for it. Wow, that is very yeah. interesting to know. Okay, but of course if she would want to be someone else or do something else, it's fine with me.
1: So destiny led you to a different path and yes. you became a preschool teacher, am I right? Yes. Okay. So with that being said and now you're teaching kids about the right ways and the right behavior and attitude and stuff, how do you instill to these children on how to think about the country as well? Or is there a way to teach kids of becoming patriotic at an early age?
0: I think it's how we tell them stories and what stories we tell them. Because when I was young, like my grandmother, I had so many stories. So you instill to children patriotism by, you know, we are Filipinos, we have to be proud of our flag, we have to be proud of where we we came from, of our roots, you know, we have to be proud because I don't know, there was a time in the Philippines wherein we were so proud to buy imported goods, right? Yes. And I'm very happy that nowadays people are very proud to buy something local. And for some reason, there are people who are learning the bye bye who are learning, you know, literature. And and I'm very happy that um, it's like that. Because with children, you know, we don't force what they should or how they should think. We just influence them little by little by telling them, you know, the right information that they should know in their particular age or development. That's how we, you know, we instill patriotism. It's the small things. And we have to model it. We have to model it.
1: Yes, of course. We need to be the influencer, right? They need to, to see it in us.
0: Yes. We cannot say, I'm a patriot and then I say so many bad things about the government, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true.
1: And as far as I know, and please correct me if I'm wrong, children are like sponges. They're like a sponge. Yes. Right? Whatever yeah. you, you tell them they wouldn't really know yet
0: they absorb it
1: if it's yeah if it's right or wrong you tell them you influence them and that's how they can grow better citizens i'd say so it has to really be better way of teaching things and showing it to them teaching them is a different thing showing them being a hands on is i guess more more effective you've mentioned about CAT and ROTC. Can you tell us have you experienced CAT when you were in high school?
0: When I was in high school, yes. It was the last year of CAT. Right. And it was part of the curriculum when I was in fourth year. And at first I was excited to do it, but you know, my older sisters, they loved to scare me. Like you would march and you would do push up. So I was a little bit scared uh-huh. when I had my CAT and when I made a TikTok video I wanted it to become personal I wanted them to know that I was also scared if they're scared it, it's okay to be scared it's to, it's okay to be scared of something you don't know of course so I was really excited when I was in fourth in year and I was an officer I was the Charlie Platoon leader during that time wow yes
1: because I had my C A T 82 fourth year high school, but I was not an officer. I was scared of becoming an officer. I know there's more duties, responsibilities, and more yes, physical more activities. Practice. Exactly. I was like, no, I think I'm not that person for the job. Can you take us
0: there? How did it start?
1: It? Why did you become an officer?
0: So when I was in high school, I was a student leader. So I was thinking, I really want to become an officer. So to become an officer You need to join the training when you're in third year, the latter part of third year. And so you learn how to march and to do the command and things like that. But I did not join when I was in third year because I was so busy. At fourth year, they needed more officers. And so I said, I would join the CAT. I really wanted to become an officer to make my father proud. And so I also had, you know, photos in my uniform, and I know how to say the command and to march. And for some reason, the learnings that I learned during my C A T it really stayed with me until now, actually. Until now, can you give? Can you share
1: a few, just a few of, as far as you can remember, what are these things that you've adapted by just going through the C A T training?
0: I won't forget the five points of military discipline, number one is to obey first before you complain. I wasn't the reclamador student. I would just obey. Obey first before you complain. and then Okay, that's number one. Yes. The number two point of military discipline is the, the fault of one is the fault of all. So just like if you're in, you know, group activities in university, you have to make sure that everyone is following whatever part that person needs to do because it's a collective grade and i was a scholar when i was in university so there was no way i can get something like 80 i have to get line of nine all the way for me to stay in my scholarship so if one of us in the group did not do her part did not study you know of course that person will all pull us down so we have to make sure that We're all on the same page. We all studied. We all did our part. We all did this and that. And the third point of military uh, discipline is my body is my body. So if there's something wrong with this member or this friend, you have to carry that friend because you don't want to leave this friend, you know? Exactly. You can't just leave them alone. Exactly. That is your friend and you don't leave a friend behind. The fourth Point of military discipline, I remember because I know these five points until now, is if it is not for the good of all, I will not sacrifice my life. And so for me, I put this into, you know, my everyday context is when if it's not worth it, I won't do it. Like I always tell my friends, you know, if you cheat once, it will smear your credibility your whole life. Your friends will remember how she cheated when we were in high school or she cheated when we were in university. It sticks, it sticks in your reputation. Yes. And the last one is I must be stable under pressure. I love impromptu speeches. You know, you cannot break me with things like that. So even if I'm so nervous, I would hold my, I don't want to say the word, I have to hold my because. You have to be composed all the time. You never see me shouting in public. I like to be jolly. And even in social media, even if people are not nice to me, I'm not going to stoop down to their level. Because the moment you're affected, the more they would bash you, the more you know things they would say to you. And I just laugh at them because I know myself more than anyone in this world. And I know my capabilities and what I can and I cannot do. So have to be stable under pressure. I totally agree
1: with with everything you've said, especially the last part, because at the end of the day, you're the only person who knows your individuality, your own self. And nobody, and I say nobody, has any right to belittle you, to question you, or even your opinions or your takes in whatever. Especially if you're being asked, it's not just because you're feeling entitled. You were asked, and so you just answered. Now, if they didn't like your answer or your opinion, that's their problem, not your problem. <laughs> that's how I see things. And it affects. Eh, may, may psychological effect. Talaga siya. Okay, so going now to the topic about the mandatory ROTC. And this is where, as I've said, this is how I've discovered you or I've seen you. Your video it just went on my FYP then I saw your beautiful face and then you were reacting on the on the topic of the RO, uh, mandatory ROTC. Okay, can you give us just a gist of what this mandatory ROTC news is all about? This podcast is powered by anchor.fm. Making a podcast is free and easy with anchor.fm.
0: Well, I don't know who said it on TV, but it suddenly went viral and people started to message me about my take on the mandatory ROTC. That's why I made that video. And when I went to university the first year and they said there's no more ROTC, I really felt bad because I really wanted to do it. And for some reason, they changed it to NSTP, which I also um learned a lot from because I had to volunteer to house who takes care of children who are sexually abused. So I really also enjoyed it, but I really preferred ROTC. Before we say something bad about it, we're talking about youth learning discipline, camaraderie, you know, patriotism, nationalism. That's why I said, so what do you do when there's war? You just go to TikTok and post a video of you dancing or you call Japan to tell them to come and help us. It's not that easy, you know. Countries they have to think about their their national security, of course, their resources. If they do this, what will be the implication to their country? And before war, you know, going to war, I mean, the discipline and, the you know, the five points of military discipline that I've carried all my life and I still remember it. Really, every day, I know that. Wow, you, you
1: live it by heart. And I guess that's one of the, One of the big benefits of these military trainings, but what they're overlooking at is your points of how does it help an individual? How can it help the youth or the young adults to prepare themselves in the real world? The bad side of the ROTC. Let's put it that way. It's not all green grass in any aspect of life it's not always green grass, right? I mean there's always an area of it that it's not okay but majority of it is still very beneficial. And looking at the outlook now that you have or that you share with your followers and with the public, it obviously it came from the experience that you've had when you experience CAT and you're wanting to join the ROTC. Would you agree with me on that, Gracie?
0: I'm sure before they put something into place, like the K-12, it took them so many years. And there would be people who supported it who did not support it. And I'm sure this mandatory ROTC, this will not happen tomorrow. You know, It will take them again years to deliberate yes. and to carefully plan. And remember, there, there will be resources. They have to train people to do this, to teach children how to do this, right? To talk to universities on how to go about this, it will not happen tomorrow. And I'm sure they will also ask the general public. They would ask, you know, the mothers. Some mothers, they were furious with my video. And I told them, you know, we have to look at the positive side first before we say something this and that and that and that. Of course, I understand if you're a mother, but I did CAT. My sisters did R O T C, And we all loved it. I mean, why don't you ask... Somebody, if you did not do it, about their experiences. Because majority of the comments in the comment section, they said, I enjoyed CAT and ROTC.
1: I was one of the commenters. I enjoyed (laughs) CAT.
0: Yeah, me too. I enjoyed CAT. My training in CAT, I had to be in school at 4.30 a.m. Wow. Because at 5 o'clock, we start marching. We have to make sure that we're finished by 7 o'clock. Because we had to go to school after. Yes. Right? You had to take a bath. You had to change clothes. You had to freshen up. So the training was, I remember it was from 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock or 5.30 to 7 o'clock. Because we had to polish everything. Yeah, the the buckle. (laughs) Everything that is shiny. You call the belt the buckle, right? The (laughs) The sword. The sword, the shoes. The shoes should be polished, you know, our clothes and our hair should be neatly tied and But you know what? It makes sense now that
1: you've mentioned that. Those small things during CAT days, when you think about it on that instant, why am I doing why am this? I doing what is this, this? right? <laughs> and then now that you've mentioned it, yeah, put your best always in anything that you do. So, yes, cleaning that buckle may not mean something to you. Cleaning your boots, right? Or making sure that your hair is in place, that may not mean anything to you. But if you try to think deep, it means a lot
0: in life. Yeah, it influenced you. Yes.
1: Until now. That's true. In anything that you do, do your best. As much as possible, don't show any flaws. Do your best not to make any mistakes. And if ever, like in CAT trainings, right? Like if you have demerits, if you had days, you have, Oh my goodness, Gracie, you're really making me remember all these words in the... <laughs> I, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm remembering demerits right now. Yeah, like if these instances happen in life, you get to have mistakes. But what do you do? What do you do after? You just move forward. Make sure you've learned from it. Don't do it again.
0: Exactly. So you would have merit the next time. I had the most demerits by the way, when I was in CAT because... <laughs> really? What were those? <laughs> no, because, you know, I was part of theater. So I would run from theater to CAT training. So sometimes I would be late. Crazy! 20 push-ups and my upper body is very weak. So push-up is like Really, I don't know how to do push-up. Okay, commando crawl. I mean, okay, I would do commando crawl, but not push-up. I can do that. And I would really crawl for like 15 minutes. I had wounds everywhere. But, you know, when I go home, I will tell my mother, see this, my remembrance from today's training. I really love them. Battle scars. Yes. <laughs> That's true.
1: Those are what you call the battle scars. And again, if you reflect that in life, these scars are the ones that will help you be a better individual. But yeah, that's their opinion. So, this episode, the reason why I really thought about this is not to really push on what your opinion is or what we think is right. It's not that. This is Gracie's experience. And her life during the CAT trainings and why she had this take on the mandatory ROTC. So I just wanted to put it out there. This is not to to push what we want you guys to listen to, but we just wanted to share that, you know, Gracie is just one of those individuals who support this kind of, I'm not sure if it's a project that wants to be in place, yeah, I just wanted to to say that
0: and there are also um concerns about health because some people are saying how about those with health problems and when I was doing my CAT if you have for example asthma they will not force you to do 100 push-ups or things like that. They would tell you to sit on the side, you know, to observe. You can do, you know, other work like you can record what's happening, you can do the attendance. So they're not going to force you.
1: Not everyone is physically able to do these things. Exactly. I was part of the MP Medic squad. So the MP Medic troopers, just to give you an idea for those of you who are not aware of, this is the squad where we do the first aid.
0: Mm, like my husband was also really? part of the- Yeah,
1: the MP Medic squad. So we are like the guards during the training. We do, we do have our own trainings as well. Like physical ones, we do push-ups too. We do have, you know, the the running and we make sure the uniform is complete and clean. We do those stuff as well. But we have trainings on first aid so that if anybody from the rest of the troops get injured ever, then we are there to assist them. That's the MP medic. Squad, that's what we do, and we are also marching under the sun. We don't complain,
0: <laughs> we don't complain. You know, it's so beautiful to march together. I don't know with some people.
1: I even remember, Gracie, that we had this I can't remember the the term we performed in Camp Aguinaldo, I think, like an inter university competition for it was universities against each other for the CAT. So we were there and we practiced there and I remember we did perform, but of course it was more of the, the elite platoon, the like the officers. They were the ones who really performed. And as what you've said, it's so beautiful to see them in uniform and synchronized. Doing
0: the same thing. Yes. Yeah. It's very
1: nice. It is a very it's a beautiful scene to look at. If I will ask you, Gracie, about the other side like as a civilian how do you think can you support military families like myself and other military families out there
0: you know because i've traveled uh, so much i've seen the difference between how you know like the americans treat their military i'm very happy that they increased the salary of the military you know believe it or not i did marathon before and my trainer he's actually a military officer. And he had to run with me three times a day just to survive financially. We had two long runs every week. We would run for at least 25 to 50 kilometers. And there was a short run once a week. We would run sprint for five kilometers. And I would pay him, I don't remember how much, I think it was like 600 pesos 15 years ago, just to run with me. Can you imagine running 50 kilometers with me just to earn 600 pesos or 700 pesos? Because he said what he was getting from work is not enough to support his family and to send his children to school. And... That's how I supported him. And that's why I chose him to be my coach because I wanted to help him, not by giving him money, you know. He's not a But to run with me, to make sure that every marathon, he was there to say, Gracie, you can finish that. Always look at the runner in front of you. Yes. So I wish, I wish somehow we would also have, like in the US, there are supermarkets for military, malls for military or Navy or Air Force, wherein they get discounts and things like that. I hope that when we also see military one day in the Philippines, we would salute them. And we are grateful. We will say, oh, thank you for for defending the country because that's how they do it in the U.S., right?
1: Yeah, they say thank you for your service wherever you are. If they see that this is a military person, they would just approach you or shout, thank you for your service or shake your hands, right? Or
0: shake your hands, exactly. Because, you know, I go to the military commissary all the time whenever I go to Hawaii with my sister. And whenever we're with the husband, with my brother-in-law, and he's in uniform, for some reason, I also feel proud, right? People salute him and shake hands and say thank you. And I hope there will be a time wherein we can also be that supportive with our military personnel in the Philippines. In the Philippines. Yes. So but I'm I'm very happy that Duterte increased their salary and really always mentioning them, you know, in national TV and thanking them for their service. I think those are the things that, you know, we should do more often as regular citizens in the
1: Philippines. I agree. And I felt the sincerity, Gracie, when you mentioned about that. I'm trying not to be emotional right now, but as a military spouse. Hearing these words from a regular civilian or a regular citizen like you makes me feel we are doing something right for our spouses, for our partners, for the military service members, because it's not hard for us. And I'm sure your sister would agree with me. Being in a place wherein you have quite of a limit when it comes to resources— I don't know in Hawaii though, but here, where I'm at right now in Guam, there is a limit, there is kind of a limitation with the resources right now, probably because the supplies got affected with what's happening in Ukraine. Because we're in an island, so all supplies are coming from the mainland. We don't have really much of our own, and we just depend on what's being sent to us. And it's really hard to keep what we have and you know convince ourselves yeah i'm going to enjoy this I'm, yeah i'm i'm actually liking this compared to the liberty of supplies in countries such as ours wherein you just go to the to the mall or to the supermarket and buy what you want here it's not like that we go to the commissary and there's really not much to choose from and it's it's hard but at the same time as you mentioned about You feeling the sense of pride when, you know, these people approach your brother-in-law and, they, you know, they thank him. It has a domino effect on us as the dependents. So I just want to say thank you for appreciating, you know, this kind of lifestyle that we have. Because not everybody understands it and not everybody sees it the way you see it. I'm kind of touched, so
0: thank you. (laughs) For some reason, also, when you've lived outside the Philippines and you learn to be you know, independent, really without relative in another country, you will change. I mean, I've lived in Japan. I was alone. I had no family. I lived in Poland. I lived in the UK. I studied in Greece. I studied in South Korea. And it's really different when you are there and there's nobody to be with you. Everything changes. Even how you see other people and you get to uh, to understand culture, you, you get to understand, oh, in South Korea, all men, they go to military service for two years. Even the K-pop stars, come on. I know. <laughs> you know, the K-pop idol will say goodbye because I will be away for two years. And they had to do it, I think, before they reaches 29 years of age. And they're doing it for two years and they don't go home for like a year, I think. I mean, why are we so against ROTC? I mean, it's not like we won't see your your family member for, for so long. I mean, I don't know why we have to change. You know, some Filipinos, they have to assess the way they think and the way they see things, because you cannot just keep on complaining, 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 complaining all the time. If you want happy things good things to happen to your life you have to change first how you see things and how you think yes for you to appreciate life you know i agree i
1: think our culture appears to embrace the fear of the unknown so much they really embrace it i can relate with what you've said it's just you know late part of my years now that i started living in a different country and Comparing the cultures, obviously, it's very different. And even the family ties, our family ties has pros and cons. And one of the cons, I guess, would be this one. Wherein we're too uptight of being too close with our family members. We can't let them go. Exactly. Yeah. And it's as if we're kind of stopping them to grow on their own.
0: You can visit the other family members. We have to guard ourselves first. Yes.
1: And putting that in the military life, unfortunately, for some of, well, not for some, for military members, as much as they wanted to go to family gatherings and reunions and any celebrations concerning relatives, we can't because we're stuck in this assignment with our, you know, with our service members. And this is why it's not because we don't want to join you guys. Because our partners have obligations, they have commitment, they have a mission to fulfill, and we are now attached to them and not, you know, family that we've left behind. It sucks that we're away from them. Priority is the immediate one. If it's your spouse, then it's your spouse. If it's your children, then it's your children. I'm just happy to know while we're doing this conversation. That we support the same ideals, you know, I guess with the way that we both grew up, the childhood that we've had, and the atmosphere we've had during our generation, it's totally different nowadays. With having that said, what would be your message to them?
0: About the ROTC?
1: ROTC or connecting it to the military?
0: To the youth, again, I am talking to you. If you feel scared about the CAT or ROTC, don't be scared because you would have so much fun. Of course, it is so difficult to do push-ups and marchings and to be under the sun for, I don't know how long it would be because I don't know the new proposed ROTC, the structured ROTC, but... I'm telling you when you finish when you graduate you would be so happy because I was happier when I graduated from CAP when I graduated from high school I mean no sugar coating I was so happy I was so proud that my father my father and mother were there and they watched me as I commanded my platoon so you would learn a lot it's not just about the marching you would learn you know self discipline you would re- learn camaraderie you would learn how to wake up early yung ka-artihan, bawasan <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yun yung gusto ko eh. Baka ka-bash-bash ka din. <laughs> Exactly.
1: Oh my goodness. Ay, nako. Well, thank you for that. And I'm gonna ask also your message. How about your message to the military families out there?
0: To the military families out there, I know it's difficult to have a family member who serves your country but Really, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your service.
1: Thank you so much, Gracie. Yeah, uh, you having someone from the family, your brother-in-law, your sister, as one of us in the military, it really feels good to know that you have this kind of perception. Not only that, even before your sister got, you know, related to a military service personnel, you already have this mentality of, you know, everything must be in order, the military way of life as what you say. <laughs> what do you call those five things again? The five points of military the discipline. The five points of the military discipline. I need to put that at heart too. And that's how you were able to, you know, go on and be successful in your life. I'm just so happy for you, Gracie. And thank you so much. I, myself, I've learned a lot from you.
0: Thank you also for having me. Yes.
1: Um, I really felt the support, the outmost support from you for, you know, a military spouse like me, for my husband and other military members.
0: Thank you for your husband's service. Really, thank you. And thank you for your sacrifices.
1: Thank you. Thank you for appreciating that. And uh, yeah, so I'd like to give you a chance also, Gracie, if you would like
0: to promote your social media. Mm -hmm. So if you are wondering who I am and if you want to know things about me, you can find me on TikTok. My name is Gracie, G-R-A-C-E-Y, like crazy with a Y. Aleki, A-L-E-K-I. So I actually have videos about me and my daughter. And it became political just recently. I'm actually a Montessori teacher for infant toddler and in preschool. I'm also a sped teacher. I'm actually a regular teacher. I finished political science and marketing. So if you have questions about those areas, I can help you. If you want to get scholarship abroad, I can also advise on what you can do. And my husband is a doctor, so if you have medical problems, I can also help you. <laughs> wow,
1: that is, yes, Um, listeners to, to my troopers or my mga katropa dyan, I tell you, I highly recommend that you check out Gracie's TikTok and Facebook page. That's where I actually saw her. Her topics are very quality. I'm already telling you guys. It's really of quality. If you want to learn, especially with parents out there who have, you know, young kids, and not just even for young kids, even for, you know, individuals in general, you get to learn something out of her contents, out of Gracie's content. So you. please do Thank follow you. her. I'm going to provide her social media account links in the podcast description as well as in my YouTube account. So Please make sure to follow Gracie. And Gracie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ray. For gracing me your time. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, you stay safe. Please uh, extend my regards to your husband and to your beautiful daughter, Ava.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Take care also in Guam.
1: Thank you. You stay safe. Bye your thought on the military family is a proud member of the Rumble Royale Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. If you are new here and enjoyed this episode, please follow the podcast by tapping the bell to be notified of new episodes. This helps military families who want to live their best lives find the show. And if you would like to share your story, Please connect with us through our Facebook page, Mommy Reg, and we would love for you to be part of the show. Remember, you are not alone. Until next time!